Was ist sicher los? Ist es Pokerkustik? Sag mir los, wie kann Jetzt sind wir auf uns Schatz, oder? Was ist jetzt vandaag? In allemaal is hier. Well done. Gaan we niet allemaal zo loud, nee. So, uh, is everybody, does everybody here understand Afrikaans? Is there anybody that would prefer English? Okay, cool. So, uh, welcome to third place. This is, we are entering into Lent. So, um, yes, we are going through Lent again. <laughs> so, I wrote a little thing on Facebook going, the question is not how many times have you been through Lent, it's how many times Lent has been through you. So, that's the real question. But, so, we're entering into Lent. If you're new to third place, Lent is an ancient Christian practice. It's older than Christmas. So, um, it is the leading up to Easter. 40 days of leading up to Easter. So, um, I'm sure Nick will facilitate and tell you a little bit more about it later. But during this season, what we decided to do is not to follow the actual liturgical texts, but we are talking about Jesus as the original punk. And uh, which I have already taken flag for. <laughs> by little Facebook tannies. <laughs> somebody posted on one of my posts, Jere, forgive hulle, want hulle weet nie wat hulle doen nie. Like yeah. And, yeah, it's like okay, awesome. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I don't mean, they're really, like, serious. I just want to talk, have a coffee with you and discuss this. Meaning, I want to tell you why you're wrong and why you shouldn't do this. So, but, so the idea behind Jesus is original punk. So, punk is a movement that started in the 70s in Britain. And it was an anti-movement, so anti-establishment. So saying, its core message is saying, this nice little pretty tea-drinking queen world of yours is not real. The world is not as simple as that or as pretty as that. It's actually harsh and difficult. So um, the anarchy symbol, the circle with A, is the punk symbol. And anarchy, anarchy doesn't necessarily mean chaos. It just means no hierarchy no structure. So everybody decides for themselves, and it's not a system that controls you. So Jesus being the original punk, even though punk was a negative movement, mostly, is um, the Jesus movement was a positive one, but it did actually the same thing. It um, challenged the status quo and said, the system does not control you or determine who you are and where you fit in or not. So in that way, but I'm sure Nick will talk more about that. So, um, just a couple of stuff before we start. So, um, what is Marguerite? Where do you say? Oh, I don't know what to say. Okay, so you have to say. Just on a, uh, on a point of order, honorable member. <laughs> We, um, whenever, if you have an idea of something that you want to do in third place, like a project, then you can. So the basic rule is you got the vision, you got the job, right? So if you ever want to initiate something or do something, it's like really like completely open. That's what we try. That's the way that we designed it to work. And whatever we can do to support your idea, we'll do. Whether it be just through communication or marketing or <coughs> financially, if we can, then just as a, yeah just for FYI. Then uh, there's joy buckets on the table. 
um, for offering, and I thank you all for giving. It's super, super awesome. And uh, things are actually really going much better than they did like in the last year financially, which is great. And thank you so super much for giving. So you can send them around. Thank you, Thais, for starting off the cling. <laughs> so you can send them around. There's also um, little um, <coughs> brown coasters if you're here for the first time. But you can fill in with your cell phone number and email and you'll get onto all the lists so you can get everything. And while the buckets are going around, can Ilze, where's Ilze? As that goes. Um, then we have some news, which is like a little, yeah. Oh, a wheat coffee? I'm a sick machtel. Ferdin Muriel. Yay. Thank you for coffee. Coffee is awesome. So, also, Biki, so we've got some news, Rialette and I, which is why she's here tonight as well. So, some of you may, have, may already know because we're really super bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> even though we tried, but we were like super bad at keeping secrets. So <clears throat> the long of the short is, or the short of the long is, long of the short, the short of the long is, is, is that we, Relate and my family, we are moving to Cape Town at, in like three weeks time, <laughs> which is happening sort of really super quickly. Yeah, he's smiling because they're getting married, <laughs> they're getting married in Cape Town and they want me to marry them. But so, <laughs> so what happened is there's, in last year, in December, we went on holiday, and a friend of ours, who's a friend of this community, um, they've got a community there called Invia, which we always refer people to. When they go to Cape Town, we go, and they go, where do we go, where do we go? We go Just go to Invia. So, and then he called me and said, no, they're looking for somebody. They've got a community in Cape Town, in the Woodstock area, that gathers in the old biscuit mill, so like, as hipsters, you can get it in the old biscuit mill, and they're looking for somebody to lead and kind of pass that part of it. And then my immediate reaction was, hell no. Uh, we just put our kids in school, and uh, we just bought a house a couple of years ago. We, we're like in for the long run. We're going to like, I've been 30 years in Pretoria, we're going to make it 40, right? And then he kept on calling, and calling, and calling, and sending pictures of Franzuk, and like... <laughs> Which he really did. <laughs> the one guy, here's a funny story, the one guy in their community, or part of a connected to the community, bought a farm in Franzhoek. Some people do that. <laughs> and they had like 28 hectares or something, like a small farm. And then, uh, <laughs> it's not like a thousand. Like a small farm, uh, for, the, for the purpose of building retreat places on, where you can go and pray and, yeah, so. Uh, <clears throat> so, and eventually we started, when we were on holiday, we went, okay, but let's just think about this properly. Like, let's just actually, this old nun once, oh, actually, well, she wasn't old. It feels like old nun should be old, but she wasn't old, she was actually young. <laughs> this young nun once told, I went to a class that she gave on, um, on discernment, and she said the way to discern, or one of the ways, is to decide it. Like, decide it, like, as if you are going to do it, and then feel what that feels like for like a couple of weeks. Like literally start planning it and then feel what that feels like. And then, so we did that and then we just didn't stop planning. We just went and this and this and this and this. And the more we kind of dug into it, the more we went, maybe this is really cool. Maybe this is something that we should do. We've been through places like 10 years old, 11 years old. And statistically, when somebody is in a position for longer than 10 years, they start to create chaos more than like actually add value. So that might be a good idea. 
that I just leave. So it's <laughs> before I break it. So um, and then we went. I went down a couple of weeks, a week or so ago, to chat to them, and uh, it was super awesome. Like it was just great, and every single thing is like falling into place. And I'm not one of those people that say God is calling us. And they went because they're a little bit more charismatic than we are. So they are like, so how's your discernment process going? We're like, we've already decided. <laughs> like, if it's not going to happen, we're going to be really sad. That's where we are while we were there. And, um, and then they loved, they loved Riolette more than they loved me because they kept on, when they called back, they kept on saying, we love Riolette. We just love her. She's so awesome. So I think what's actually going on here <laughs> is they want her and not really me. <laughs> so I'm just like a cool add-on. So, um, yeah, and then we decided that we're going to do it. And we talked to our kids, and they, like, Lita just wants to go fish, and Nua is very into new things anyway, and super excited, and she made a little two-let sign for our house already, <laughs> and uh, stuck it on the door. And uh, so we're going, and which is super sad, because third place is, like, our baby, and um, it's been, like, such an incredible, like, super awesome and super difficult journey and uh, it's going to be very very hard for us to say goodbye and uh, but what I want to say is that we have also worked the last two three years between the board and Nick and I to create a structure and a system that is really super solid and without me realizing that this was actually going to happen because a couple of years ago instead of four or five years ago I was like doing just about everything well Nick and I Mostly I, Nick a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and then we decided to actually break that apart because it's not healthy. And um, it's actually now in such a good space. There's such an awesome, awesome group of uh, people that elder the community that you don't even know who they are. And they work really hard to keep it going and to keep it intact. And uh, Nick is incredible, so he'll uh, take over most of the stuff and we're pulling like some new teachers closer to the community so we can still, so it's not just Nick every Sunday and we can, we don't burn him out in like two months. And um, yeah, so it's really cool, but really super sad at the same time. So before I start crying completely, um, what we're going to do, the path from here is, uh, I'm obviously here tonight, and then we're going to, we just decided that on the 26th, that was the other thing that I needed to talk about, on the 26th, will be my last teaching here. And uh, we'll do like a proper goodbye and we'll tell everybody and whatever. And um, yeah, and then I'm gonna go from here onto a plane and then actually go because I have to be there on the 27th for a retreat for two weeks. So we're gonna go into the mountains for two weeks and fast for four days. <laughs> it's gonna be like crazy. So I need your prayer. One, I need your prayer. Two, I need ways to hide food. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to go into this mountain retreat. This, it's this, uh, a vision quest. It's called the vision quest. But anyway, so, um, yeah, that's going to be a story. On the 26th, though, here's also a thing that we've been talking about with the board and Nick and I, like, forever. Is we're going to start doing a morning gathering here because you all are multiplying like crazy, right? And <laughs> we have, like, lots of kids in the community, and uh, we need to, and our community is growing a little bit older and wiser, and um, we need to create something 
for that. So we've had Epic in the past, which is Epic is now, we just decided this morning, going to disband to a certain extent. And we're going to do now, the last Sunday of every month will be a morning gathering only, i.e. there's no evening. So if you want to come, you have to come to the morning. And the point, it's going to be just like this, the same format and the same style, coffee, the, host, the same vibe, just in the morning, and there's going to be a thing for kids that is separate from this. Okay, so that's a, it's not going to be the way that Epic was, where it's just madness and craziness in one space all the time. It's going to be this with a separate kind of kids thing, and we'll do something with the kids in the st at the start of the liturgy, and then we'll do like separate, like a teaching and conversation like we usually did. So the idea behind it is that not, almost no one, except maybe Nick and I, come every single Sunday, right? So the idea is then to go, well, the last Sunday of the month is the morning, so you can come and then come to the morning. And if you don't want to come to the morning, then just come the next Sunday, which will be an evening, right? So that's kind of the idea. And then we're going to trial it for a couple of months. I think, what are we, like six months or so? Yeah, six months. We're going to trial it and then see if it works. If it doesn't work, we'll go back to evenings. If it does work, we'll maybe add another morning and go knit one, slip one, like do one evening, one morning, one evening, one morning, and see how that works. Because what we don't want is we don't want to create two churches. So, and that's normally what happens when you do like a morning and an evening, is you create two cultures. And we don't want that, not at this point. We want to avoid that as long as possible. So we want everybody in the same space, which is healthy. Like it's healthy for kids and old people to be in the same space. And then beautiful young people too. Okay? So that's going to be, then on 26 is going to then be my last uh, Sunday or my last teaching here for the time being. And I'm sure I'll come back in the future and visit and teach every now and again. But um, yeah, so that's kind of it. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm going to pray for us. And then Johan is going to take over. Where's Johan? Johan is going to take over for me. So what we did, you'll see our little icon over here which is actually like so ironic because uh, at Invia they do the same thing. They've got an icon up in front always. So we've got like our kind of version of one. So when I posted the first time we we're going to do Jesus the Original Punk, then people started going, I've got ideas for an image. Like, this is such a cool image. What can I do with it? And then this one girl made a painting and she went, I made a painting for you. I'm bringing it on Sunday. Jesus is punk, which is kind of cool. And she'll, she'll be here next Sunday to talk about it and just talk through it. Her name is Milani. You can follow her everywhere. And then Johan said to me, actually Kurt too, but he like chickened out or something, is that they can't paint or photograph. They can paint with words. So Johan is a poet, and then uh, so he did a poem for us that talks about Jesus' punk. It's in Afrikaans, though. So the heavenly language. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Johan, can you come to the That's Johan. Johan's been with the place from almost the very beginning. Right? Funny bar, Raf. Yeah, there was mornings in the bar. No, oh, that was. Yeah, the bar used to smell like. You know what a bar smells like when nobody's there? Like really sour. <laughs> it's like the sour, smoky smell. So anyway, yeah. Uh, Johan's been with us from the bar. So I'm going to pray for us, and then Johan will take over, and Nick will take over from there. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can 
come together. Thank you, Lord, that we can start our Lenten journey tonight as a community, walking our way <coughs> towards the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you have protected and have guided us throughout the past 10, 11 years. Thank you that you love us and that you are truly our center. Help us to remain that way. Help us to keep you at the center. And pray this in your name. Amen. Okay. Um, ja, soos Peer gesê het, nou, ek het net te dink, ek het iets gaan skryf per Jesus, as die oorspronkelijke rebel, original rebel. Ek het my, die ding het ek genoem, uh, moeilijkheidmaker. Ek denk, is een lekker Afrikaanse woord vir een rebel, is een moeilijkheidmaker. Ja, so, wie is jy en wat te sê? En ek om te sê hoe hy like wat hy doen. En hoe hy gaan like wanneer hy gaan terugkom. Die wolk is dalk sy hand wat afkom en hom laat uitstap uit die shack wanneer die son ondergaan met rook walms en die primus wat brand in hom ons kral. Hy sit saam met jou vast in die verkeerde bevrijdigmiddag want jou kop sif is en jy wil opgee. Hy toch alles kom omgooi, die tafels in die tempel want hy was bemoerd dat mense sy plek cheap maak. Hy praat met die hoer by water. Soveel te meer praat hy met jou. Waar jy sad is met die gant in jou kop en pil in jou hand, waar jy jou geliefde stijf vasthou en in die oog kyk, en kubaai sê op ouwe hartamboe. Rebel, punk en moeilijkheidmaker. <laughs> jy krijgt hom uit as een lafhaard waar die wereld kom omkrap met sy tong, wat die uitstek vir sy steem en wette van ons tyd. Vir hom is ek ek en jy jy. En met die oog wat ons kyk maak ons om vies, maar hy bly lief vir ons. Hy laat jy woedend raak vir die onrechtvaardigheid van mans wat vrouwen slaan, of die ma wat pa slaan, die kind wat wegloop, die een wat terugkom, as als nie meer is nie. Hy is toch die een wat saak maak, vir my en vir jou. Die een wat als begin het, en alles laat eindig, hy verewig. Amen. Great. Good evening, everyone. Um, Pierre quickly mentioned it, but we are in Lent, and on Sunday we went to the the Catholic Church just around the corner here, like Skeins Urk and the Hipster Kerk, um, or Hipster Spur, which is, which is Lucky Rodrigo's. You didn't know. It's referred to as the Ipsis verb. And um, I don't know, I haven't really ever been to a Catholic gathering. I've always just seen those on movies, TVs, or whatsoever. And then uh, I met up with Tiu there. But the crazy thing is, you struggle to find parking. How busy it was. I think there was more than a thousand people scramming in, standing outside of the building, trying to look through the windows. It was like, if somebody said Jesus is there. <laughs> it was just an unbelievable experience. And the, the, the beautiful thing about it was, is like, even though it's very Roman Catholic, it was made known to everyone, you are welcome. And for those who maybe don't know Lent or understand the purpose of Lent, it's a very big tradition as well in the Catholic Church. So that's why we actually joined them. We said, well, rather than usually every year we do something here. 
It is a reminder that we say from um, van stof het jy gekom en tot stof sal jy terugkeer. How do we say that in English? Yeah, from dust to dust. But it's more like you were made out of dust and to, to dust you will return. And, and then they mark your forehead as a symbol of that just to be part of the ritual. So maybe Wednesday if you walked past somebody in spa and they had this black call on their forehead, that is where they were. They, didn't, they, they went at an art class and, for, and, you know, we're painting and then st- vibes like that. And, and the beautiful thing about it is, is that everybody focused towards a point where they say is that we are working towards Easter. And if you count it correctly, we say 40 days, but it's 45. Because in the normal church understanding, Sundays don't count as days that you fast on or whatsoever. It is a normal day of salvation. It's a rest day. So you can even rest from your fasting. <laughs> if you'd like. I never do that because then I just struggle Monday even harder, you know, it depends on what you're doing. So if you want to partake in Lent, you're more than welcome still to start or be part of it. You can decide, you can add or you can subtract. So uh, most people do, I don't drink coffee for the next 45 days or whatsoever or chocolate or I decide to read more Bible or I decide to Go and jog a kilometer every day. Just separating yourself for a moment and reflecting on what is actually happening in the liturgical year. Which is great because it helps us to refocus again that we are not working towards the long weekends. <laughs> we are actually working towards one of the most profound moments in our faith. So that is what Lent is for. So Lent is a time of fasting, but even though you don't need to cut down on your carbs, okay, except if you've read the notes, you can add something or go on. So don't worry, you, you can always begin, and even if you fail somewhere in Lent, you can always just start again after the failure. Not the next day, that usually doesn't work. Just say, ach nee, okay, I'll, I'll try again. So one of the things that I'm doing for Lent is I'm actually reading the Bible in a paper form. <laughs> Which is quite crazy because this Bible I bought uh, a while ago, a very long time ago, and then I got an iPhone and I never needed a Bible again because of the apps, you know. So this was one of the most profound feelings once again to open up a paper book. I don't know, some people prefer paper over, you know, electronics. Uh, I don't. No, so, so it was really cool for me. So it feels so weird to have this black big black mobile Bible with me. So this is what I'm trying to do in Lent. And then um, we are focusing on the title saying Jesus the original punk. Now, right? So nobody needs to get a punk hairstyle or something like that. And uh, Milani, she will come and explain her painting. But the importance of this season is actually for us to partake. So if you may be in the week magically write, wrote a poem or whatsoever and you want to come and read it or you found something profound or you want to come and share it, that is the purpose of it. So even if you take beautiful pictures or you do drawings or whatsoever and you refer to this title, you are more than welcome. We're going to add it up here in front. And yes, we are probably going to make you talk about it, (laughs) but that's it. So it's part of the name a saint as well, which we didn't do tonight. So you're more than welcome if you want to name a saint. 
Uh, is there anybody who wants to name a saint before we kick off directly into the parables? Naming a saint meaning that we are trying to identify ordinary people who do fantastic things. So like uh, we've experienced that once again yesterday, people just coming and adopting puppies which were rescued. But my mooies, ne? Inferige realiteit. Okay, I've said a lot, but let's start into the parable. So I chose a parable of seed, which, you know, they hardly talk about in the Bible. Mm. Okay, that was a sideline joke, because there's so many parables about seeds. Yeah, ne? Okay, now the doctor in the Testament says, yeah, Nick, what from brother? So, and the reason why I say, well, why I chose this is, um, let me just get, okay, great. Yeah, before I say it, parables are stories, metaphors that really, they, they didn't happen. So uh, I know, remember Stephanie Bad once again said the bus driver said, yeah, this is where the uh, Good Samaritan was. And then he said, no, he wasn't there because it was a story. <laughs> so it wasn't something that physically happened. It, it's meant to teach us something new. And which is great about the parables of the seed is it teaches us directly about the kingdom of God. Which is a totally new perspective in the New Testament era. For us today, hearing about the kingdom of God and being Christians, it's a very ordinary thing. A thing that we've heard many, many times. But we have to like for a moment refocus and just realize this is the first time some people have ever heard this. And it shakes it up a bit. Just to give a little bit of background context. Is in, in, in the ancient times, you had a king, and the king made all the decisions, and there was actually no judgment really on a king. He was like judgment-free. Even though um, they had prophets or whatsoever, you know, they always did what they want, and then maybe now and again a prophet said you were not allowed. But even though, let's say, more in your Gentile kingdoms, uh, the king did whatever he wanted, and nobody had a say about it. So the king was like the, like today you'll get a lot of pyramid schemes, he was on top. Okay? And he'll tell you to budget in, <laughs> and then he will win at the end of the day. And, 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 and for a king, in, in the time that Jesus is talking now, it wasn't really like a big kingdom or something, but Israel, the Jews were taken into their exodus moment and they went into the foreign lands where they were captured. So they had this dream, this, this revelation and, and hope that they are still today longing for and looking for. And that is the return of their king, their a.k.a. Messiah. In, in the Jewish context, uh, they know that the Messiah will come and will take over the role of whoever is the foreign leader of the day and restore the Jews to second in command of the pyramid scheme. And that the Jews will be restored to their land, their faith will be reigning, they will be once again um, saved and their embarrassment will be taken away. So that is the, that is the purpose of when, when, well, the understanding when they started thinking about the Messiah and a king. But now Jesus is standing in a field or wherever he is next to the ocean and, and the thing is not where he's standing but who he is speaking to. So let's read the text first and then we will 
Continue on. So we're reading out of Matthew 13, out of the Bible, from verse 44. So there's actually, uh, the, the, all the verses uh, before this actually talks about the stories that we all know about the seed that lands on the good, the bad, between the rocks, whatsoever. So they've been listening all, to all of these metaphors and, and parables about the sower sowing the seed. And now Jesus is referring to the next seed parables, if we can say it like that. So from verse 44, we're just reading four verses. The kingdom of heaven is like someone preciously buried, uh, in, uh, preciously buried in a field, which a man found... And hides again. Then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a dealer in search for fine and precious pearls. Who on finding a single pearl of great price went and sold all he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a drognet which was cast into the sea and gathered in the fish of every sort. When it, full, when it was full, men dragged it up on the beach, sat down, and sorted out the good fish into the baskets. But the worthless ones they threw away. So it, it's, quite, it's, it's quite a few metaphors we need to take in. And, and while I was, was reading this, I imagined myself sitting at those places in front of a field, or next to the sea where somebody was sorting out fish, or actually in those days, which you forget is, they actually knew that there was a sculpting at the paddle end. And when you find that perfect bowl, which would go to the king or whatsoever, to whatever you'll sell by the highest price, it's actually something you will buy for yourself. Now, in those days, to go and sell everything you have and to go and buy one thing is ridiculous. It's like selling your car, your house, uh, letting go of all your insurances and going to Cape Town <laughs> uh, and renting a place uh, because you know you're close to the sea. Just, just imagine that metaphor. That, that is what he's trying to say. But Jesus is using these metaphors because he's actually talking to a massive crowds which are peasants. People who work daily in the fields. People who are used to catching fish. Maybe there were some traders in between those people and he spoke to them, say, talking about the pearls, when you trade pearls. So he was talking to people that were part of a normal thing. And now, for us, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like today, sitting here. It's a normal understanding, but for them, the kingdom of heaven would have come from where? The temple. Because when you go to the temple, you go to what? God's house. So for a moment, just stop. Jesus is standing in a field and he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is hidden in a field. Go search. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And, and, and when he says the kingdom of heaven is like that magical pearl underneath in the sea, which you cannot even see, what is he trying to say? He's trying actually to say that we are expecting this king, maybe, that is coming to create a new political, social justice system for the Jews, and then the salvation will run through that. He's breaking that and saying that 
maybe the kingdom of heaven starts in the fields where you are working. It starts where you are catching fish. So for a moment, let's, let's do this. Who here works a lot with Excel spreadsheets? Hands up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now. So maybe the kingdom of heaven starts with your Excel sheet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, the what? Rarig? And it's the same feeling that's saying that the kingdom of heaven is starting in a field when you are standing there with a pick. Okay, so who here works with, except now my wife, it works with kids' sport? You know? Not. Hello, anyone there? Maybe you're a coach? Okay, yeah, who exercises? Yeah? Great. So the kingdom of heaven maybe appears in those moments when you are really dyslag. Eindig. And the kingdom of heaven becomes a much more thing that you can feel rather coming from. Because that... <laughs> it's so close. It's so close you can puke. <laughs> you know, like. So in, in the ancient times, they built the temples on the highest mountain or part of the city so that everybody can see that. And one of the big reasons for that is that everybody can be reminded where God is, where salvation is. So saying that in the fields, you can now start by experiencing God with you. The mindset change that is starting to partake in these parables, because it's not something physically. Really, you are not going to dig up the kingdom of heaven. You're probably going to hit China. Okay? <laughs> you, but, uh, but when you dig in those moments, and you can maybe have that moment where you experience God. In that moment where, where you are maybe under exercising or having just this random conversation or care with friends around the table, you experience the kingdom of God. And what is so beautiful about this, this story, the metaphor in the story is, is that it's like you are going to experience God in the most unexpected way and when we talk about Jesus as the original punk it's not it's not saying that he was a rebel or he was a well he was seen as a rebel he was a guy going up the stream he was actually maybe the guy telling to start looking for God underneath their feet rather than somewhere else far in the distance because also not only the temple was here, we had earth, maybe the underground world where if you were bad, you'll die there, you know, underneath. And then you had the earth, and then you had all the water, and the snow and everything, and then you had the heavens. That was there around earth, quite flat. And now that system is broken because of what Jesus has just said. And this parable maybe wants to break our perspective once again of where God is and where the kingdom of God is. Because you are maybe crazy happy, crazy confused, or crazy discouraged in your situation where you are. 
And in this moment, in this parable, you can maybe for once again realize, but in this crazy whatsoever, there is God. And maybe the word original will get more stuck into your thoughts, knowing that God is maybe that original part in your craziness. So I, um, I read, uh, I listened to this speeches of what people usually give at Grammys. You know, it's usually encouraging or this motivation or net a clomp, poof, bent. You know, it's all about me type of vibe. Thank you, my producers and whatsoever, blah, 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 type of vibe. But then you get these guys that don't believe at all that gives the best speeches. And one of them is somebody we all know and love and have started to love as the mask, Jim Carrey. If you didn't know that he doesn't believe at all, but I don't believe him when he says that. <laughs> so, so, so Jim, I took a line out of, out of one of his speeches. As he said, when he was 28 years old, uh, and he, was, he said he was more than over a decade long a comedian, making people laugh and whatsoever. So over 10 years, 28 years old, where are you? He realized this. He said that um, after being a comedian for a decade, I realized that I was doing it to free people from their concerns. Hey? He, he, he realized, after 10 years of doing this, that he realized that he is doing it to help people get free of their concerns. Maybe when you dig in the field and you are worried about what is happening about your salvation, your life, your money, or whatsoever, you have that epiphany, that moment where you realize the kingdom of heaven is here. I am part of it. And God is looking after my concerns. So what I, what I, what I get out of, out of Jim Carrey's uh, small sentence, you should go listen to his stuff, it's amazing. Um, I realize that we, we sometimes wonder, all right, so what is it that we need to do? And then I realize that we all received some thought of a talent, or we developed an Excel sh uh, sheet skill. <laughs> and those are the things, the tools that you have to free other people from their concerns. Wouldn't that just change the way you do your work completely? If you're an accountant, a teacher, an engineer, uh, or you Joel, or you study, or whatever you do, you do it because you know it frees people from their concerns. So, and then Jim ends off by well, no, no, no. This is not. Uh, this is not. Uh, Jim, this is another guy from TEDx, which I listened in a week, which speaks about ordinary. When, when Jesus spoke, he spoke to the ordinary folk 
to understand the kingdom of heaven is that maybe we have to doubt the default, doubt the church building in Jerusalem, doubt the heavens of God's resting place, and start to search for the new. Not going to climb Kilimanjaro, going on an adventure, I must do something my life. In your current space, doubt the default and search for the new. Because God didn't say stop working in the fields. He said maybe that moment you realize in the field that the kingdom of heaven is here, not somewhere else. And that is what the parable wants to teach us today as well. In your space, in your life, the kingdom of heaven is here. And it can maybe be so much more ordinary than you ever think. So we usually end up for the new people, we end up with a hashtag training naked, uh, meaning that you put yourself as a believer or wherever you are in your search to find, well not to find, no, to live out your faith or whatever you are trying to start to believe. So that means that you're putting yourself out there, you can get hurt or you can hurt or you can make a mistake or you can succeed. But you will try every time. So that means that's the meaning of hashtag training naked. So our lives are part of a daily parable. And which is crazy about that is that it's a parable we need to share. And if you want to know and if you want to be reminded what that parable is, you will start by realizing that the kingdom of heaven is here. So tomorrow morning when you start your day or your work or tonight when you go to sleep, start and end your day this week with the kingdom of heaven is here. Easy sentence. The kingdom of heaven is here. And for a moment when you get stuck, doubt the ordinary or the default, doubt the default and search for the new. So just open your eyes over your doubt and be the change you want to see. And if you're struggling to find that, we default to the most secret saying in the church. Love Jesus, love others. Let's pray together and then there's more coffee. Pierre and Rialette are going to be here. So please go and talk to them about Cape Town. And their story, if it's very new for you, or so on. And then on the 26th, we will do a optoch and a point of order and all of that to celebrate their lives and what they have done for this community and share it in this community and help to build and broke down. And that we will celebrate their new beginning in their life as well. So that they know, even though they are sad and we are sad, that we are with them, behind them, and most probably in the next three years, you rather immigrate there as well. And when I go visit, they always say, are you still up there? (laughs) (laughs) Or are you going to work overseas? Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us, that the kingdom of heaven is with us. It is not somewhere on a hill. It is here in our daily lives. It starts... And it's actually been going on 
before our existence. I pray in this season of Lent, in this season of discovering you more and more and more, we will once again realize that the kingdom of heaven is here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.